I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. Today is a bit of a throwback and is not the interview that you are used to as I am re-recording a few of the episodes that got lost in the shuffle when we changed hosting sites. So today we are breaking down the Enneagram Type 1. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is the miracle that is that are is our raincoats. Um, I did not have a proper raincoat most of my life. And my husband, when we got together, he had like a nice raincoat. And I eventually got one of my own. And honestly, I would say this year or like 2020, I got my first like proper raincoat. It's a complete game changer. I didn't know. I didn't know what they were offering me. I didn't know what it would mean. I can just walk outside in the rain without an umbrella. Most of my life, I didn't have a raincoat and I did not carry an umbrella. So I just kind of ran in the rain or like got rained on and just kind of called it a day. You guys, we don't have to do, we didn't, I didn't have to do this the whole time. Like I, I could have had like a raincoat with like a hood and a full on umbrella that like protected me from the rain. Like I just didn't even have to suffer like that. I don't know why I was doing it. My thorn is, it is a rainy day. This is not happening today, but it's on my mind. It's that I have these shoes and I love them, but they're like velvet. If you, if they're birdies, you guys know they're like kind of velvet birdies. Um, I love them so much. They're so comfortable. They go with almost everything, but for whatever reason, they're like wearing them is like doing a rain dance. Like every time I wear these velvet shoes, it rains and I could probably check the weather and I typically don't. (laughs) But um, it feels like every, and they're like the one pair of shoes, right? I don't want to get wet. And um, today it didn't happen, but it's like a thorn when I think about it. Like, oh, that's, that's a bad thing that happens sometimes. Okay, now let's dive into today's episode. As I mentioned earlier, this is a re-record from a past episode that got lost in the shuffle when I switched hosting sites. This used to be on the podcast People have been asking about it, and we're making sure it gets back into the the feed. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'll run through a description of the type, their motivations, fears, worldview, and more. I'll also give you common mistypes as well. Today, we are starting with type one, the reformer. Now, the motivation for our type ones is to be right, to strive higher and improve everything, to be consistent with our ideals, to justify themselves to be beyond criticism so as to not be condemned by anyone. Their fear is of being corrupt, evil, or defective. Type 1s are principled, focused on improving the world around them and doing things the right way. Type 1s are focused on being a good person and doing the right thing. They tend to see the world in black and white, right and wrong. Ones appreciate a structured environment and may create self-imposed structure where none is required of them. They live their life according to a set of rules or ideals that they may unintentionally apply to others as well. Now, ones are in the gut or anger triad and have a complex relationship to their anger. They tend to suppress their anger because they see it as wrong and can find themselves easily irritable or frustrated as a result. 
ones have an intense inner critic. This can bleed out onto other people sometimes and can seem judgmental, but it's important to remember that it's way worse for our one than it is for what they're giving out, right? They're speaking, they're talking to themselves in a way that they're never quite done. Things are never quite complete. They've never lived up to their own standards. And that can kind of be the overflow that they're working with. Type ones are detail-oriented, self-controlled, perfectionistic, conscientious, and responsible. It's important for ones to see themselves as good, right, and seeking perfection. They orient in the world with a burden that the world is imperfect, and it's their responsibility to work toward improving it and improving themselves. They feel like they must make the world a better place. Now, because of this, they spend a lot of their energy focused on right and wrong, good and bad, correct and incorrect, doing everything they can to avoid making mistakes. In relationships, our ones may find themselves overly critical or judgmental. They may have a specific way that they like things to be done, and it can be confusing that others wouldn't want to do things the best way too. Ones can be inflexible, and this can cause conflict in relationship. However, ones have an immense capacity for playfulness when they feel safe to do so. Ones are also likely just like one of the best people that you know, because so much of their effort and energy is going to improving themselves and improving the world and doing the best they can to do the right thing. Real quick, today's episode is brought to you by Athena Club. Here's the truth. I go back and forth on whether or not I want to shave my legs. I used to shave every time I took a shower, and now I think, like, who has time for that? Especially in the winter, but there really isn't anything like smoothly shaved legs, lotioned up, sliding into bed at night. I don't care where you stand on the shaving front. That is a good feeling. So when I decide to treat myself, I'm not going for just, like, any old razor. I want something that is going to make shaving after not having shaved for a while, feel easy and satisfying. I want a clean shave without irritation. And I want the shaving part, like the act of doing it, to not be something I'm trying to get over with, but part of the self-care experience. And honestly, as a ginger, I have to be picky about what I use on my skin. I need a razor that is gentle and leaves me moisturized and bump free. And y'all, Athena Club has this down to a science. Athena Club's razors have thousands of five-star reviews and are designed with built-in skin guards and an innovative handle to help prevent razor burn while being gentle on curves. Plus, the razor blade is surrounded by a water-activated serum with shea butter and hyaluronic acid, which is just like the holy grail of skincare. The best part is the razor kit is only $9 and comes with your choice of handle color, an extra blade head, and a magnetic hook for easy shower storage. Athena Club has the dreamiest shave foam that's back in stock right now. Together, the Athena Club razor and shave foam leave your skin soft, hydrated, and smooth. Honestly, like I said, this razor, the shaving process is not something I'm trying to get through anymore. This is like part of my self-care process at this point. I love that this razor has a little bit of weight to it, so it feels like it's helping me to shave better. I chose this like like this perfect coral color that just hanging in my shower brings me so much joy. And the coolest thing about Athena Club is that it 
comes to your door. Like you do not have to remember to order this. You can set it up and it will ship right to your door. So easy and quite frankly reminds me to replace my razor head so that I continue to have a nice smooth shave and don't do what I used to do, which is like push that razor a little bit too long, if you know what I mean. Show your skin you care with the Athena Club Razor Kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off of your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code EGRAM. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code E-G-R-A-M for 20% off. Thank you so much, Athena Club, for supporting the podcast. Okay, so let's dive back in and talk about the lines for rest and stress. So in a rest, type one moves to type seven. Now at the high end, this can look like playfulness, acceptance, optimism, opening the mind to new ideas, the feeling that there is time for everything, including relaxation. Now in stress, they moved to type four. This can look like feeling like they're the only ones working hard. They're the only ones mindful of this kind of a feeling of desperation or loneliness, um, an over-identifying with their suffering and their pain, feeling like the all is lost. Now, the wings that are available to our type one, there are two wings available for type one. They are two and nine. And like I've said before, my belief around wings is that you can have equal access to them. So maybe you're balanced, you use both. Maybe you're not really utilizing either of your wings or a lot of times someone will lean into one wing or the other. So that's where you'll see someone do like one wing two or one wing nine. They're saying like, I really lean into this wing and I use a lot of the characteristics of this type. I believe that the goal is to have balanced wings, that we can really use both wings um, and that benefits us a lot. But if we do kind of identify really strongly with having one specific wing, this is what that can look like. So when the nine wing is dominant, you might find that there's this intense need to drive and correct, but it's toned down a bit. There may be a lot more of a temptation to do put off doing important tasks. They may be more collaborative than other type ones and more open to the ideas of others. Now, when the two wing is dominant, you might find a heightened sense of compassion and understanding for other people. They may more likely feel hurt when their efforts aren't appreciated. They may be inclined to sacrifice their own needs more often, and they may focus their idealism on service to other people. Think like Mother Teresa. Now we have the subtypes of type one, and we have a full episode that breaks down the subtypes in detail for every number. But just a brief overview, the self-preservation one is titled worry. They're perfectionist. They can be mistyped with Enneagram 6. They may seem anxious. They worry about things being perfect and having things under control. And they typically try to foresee future problems. The one-to-one or sexual subtype of one is titled zeal. They perfect others. They have intense positions on what is right. They focus their energy on relating to other people and they focus on perfecting others. Now the social type one is non-adaptability. They're like, they focus on perfectionism on their being, perfecting themselves. These are the types that have the harshest inner critic, but they want to model the right way of doing things and can seem superior to other people. Now, let's talk about some common mistypes for our one. So sometimes you can confuse type ones and type fours. 
there's some commonalities here. They share a line, right? And many fours can truly enjoy discipline and perfection and beauty. Um, and what I mean by they share a line, it means ones go to four when they're stressed out. Fours go to one when they're um, feeling in rest or they're having a good t- in a good place. Fours can also really enjoy discipline and perfection in beauty and aesthetics. Fours may also relate to having an intense inner critic. The difference here is that fours tend to be a lot more self-indulgent and aware of how they are perceived by others than a typical one. Ones tend to be self-denying and not completely aware of how they're being perceived. Type five is another common mistype for our ones. Now, both are intelligent, disciplined, and independent and can be emotionally detached. The major difference here is that ones are primarily action takers and fives are primarily thinkers. They live more in their mind. Now, ones are more comfortable taking a leadership role than a typical five would be. Now, we have type six is another mistype. Both can be worrisome and both are responsible and trustworthy. Again, we have subtypes of each that can look like the other. The preservation one can look like a six and we have, you know, six subtypes that can look like a one. The major difference here is that their relationship to their inner authority, sixes tend to not trust their inner authority and seek counsel to support their ideas and decisions, where ones tend to trust their inner authority over other people's. Finally, we have type seven. It's it's honestly not very likely for a one to think they're a seven, but pretty common and not totally uncommon for a seven to feel like they're a one. Sevens can be disciplined and even a bit judgmental. The major thing to keep in mind here is that ones will choose the responsible thing over fun, whereas sevens will choose fun over responsible thing a lot of the time, or maybe even just have to make the responsible thing feel fun in order to want to do it. If they're left on autopilot, we all have levels of health, ways in which we grow, and we work out of these patterns of behavior, but in general, kind of on autopilot, baseline. Sevens are going to want to enjoy things more than they're going to want to just push through and do hard things. Whereas ones kind of orient toward these are the things that have to be done. I'm going to do it. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I always love creating this content for you. Today's food for thought comes from David Bales. The seed of your next artwork lies embedded in the imperfections of your current piece. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and I will see you Monday for the next episode.